Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. Today, I'm joined by my older sister, Jerrica Dennison. Remember, after today's episode, take some time, even just five minutes, to listen to someone around you, a friend, an acquaintance, a family member, whoever it is, I guarantee that by listening, you'll both be edified. Jerrica Dennison, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so let's start off with how we know each other. Well, I was born, and then two years later you were born. Yep. And I think our friendship really started when I pushed you down the stairs. I don't remember that. Oh. It was probably the... You were like the toddler... And why'd you push me down the stairs? I don't know. But I remember mom holding it against me forever. Really? Yeah. Like into my teenage years. Really? (laughs) Yes. What would she say about it? I don't know. Like if we were fighting or something, it would sometimes be brought up like, oh, you pushed your brother down the stairs. Wow. I don't remember deliberately being like, here, Alex, stand at the top of the stairs. I'm going to push you down. Yeah. But I guess you fell down the stairs and it was my fault. So. And uh, I don't remember. So, I mean, either I was too young to remember or I just got hit so hard that (laughs) the memory was gone. (laughs) Um, Okay, well. I mean, the stairs were carpeted and... It was like a half staircase. It wasn't at the Millrise house. Yeah, I don't think they were carpeted. I think they were. Were they? I feel like they weren't, because they went down to that landing. Remember? Yeah, but then they went all the way to the basement, and the basement was carpeted, and the upstairs hallway was carpeted. Oh yeah, maybe. We should go back there. Yeah, we should just barge into that house. We should just knock on the door and be like, "Hey." We used to live here. We're just trying to settle a debate. Have you renovated since 1996? Yeah. <laughs> are these are these stairs carpeted? Yeah. We'll walk in. Maybe we'll bring cookies. Mm. Be like, you know, we don't want to just like take over. Yeah. So we'll bring cookies. Okay. Um, so, I mean, then you're from Calgary, like mm-hmm. like me. Um, and it's kind of interesting. It's I a few weeks ago I interviewed Bryce, mm-hmm. and it was interesting hearing his perspective on growing up in Calgary. Mm. Um, what was it like for you? Um, growing up, I always talked about wanting to leave, and then I became an adult and realized all the wonderful things about it. Um, I did leave. I've moved around quite a bit and I've, I don't know, I've just realized as an adult that it was a really, really great place to grow up and I'm glad that I had that opportunity. Hmm. So as a kid, why did you want to leave? I don't know. I guess I just maybe felt trapped or... um, I mean, it was out of my control. 
mm-hmm. whether or not I could leave. And I'm kind of a control freak and very independent. And so I think, you know, maybe that was part of it as, as like a young teenager. Right. Wanting to be able to make my own decision about where I'd live and, you know, what I do and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I think it just, I'd always complain about, oh, there's nothing to do. But there were tons of things to do. I just right. either couldn't do them because of age or accessibility, um, like being able to drive there, whatever. Right. Um, or time, or, um, I don't know, just like family tradition that we didn't do some of the things. Right. Um, so, but, but I realize now that there's lots to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, um, so you felt like there was nothing to do. Um, where would you have gone? Like as a kid, do you have, do you have a place in mind? That you would have gone to or you just wanted to not be there I think I just wanted to not be there hmm. I didn't I didn't have a specific place in mind yeah for sure um no I never had like a dream city or town that I wanted to live in I just knew that I wanted to travel and um just kind of get out and experience different parts of the world. Right. So then when you finally got out, um, did you feel like, did you feel free? Did you feel like I finally, you know, left home and get to be on my own? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I mean like growing up, going back and forth between parents every week. Um, <laughs> I like, I did the math and it was, you know, over 500 times that Mm -hmm. I moved because it was 10 years. Um, and you know, it was more for each sibling below me, but, um, yeah, it was 10 years of going back and forth every week. And so I moved over 500 times. And when I finally had my own place, for longer than a week, it felt weird. Hmm. Um, so, you know, like I went and stayed with dad yeah. when I was 17. And that was really nice. Um, but I still felt, you know, tethered to mom, like to mom's house. Right. You know, um, so even though I slept at dad's, I still like tried to make sure that I spent enough time with mom, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and the rest of the family that lived at mom's house. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like college. And then when Ryan and I, um, moved in to our apartment and we lived there for a whole year that it really felt like, wow, okay, (laughs) this is my stability, kind of, you know? Yeah. So. Hmm. And what's, so having that stability, um, I guess, like, does it feel better? 
Like, is it satisfying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like, I mean, not that it was bad necessarily. You know, we did what we had to do and that's just how it was. Right. Going back and forth. And honestly, um, every time I meet like a parent of a parent who's divorced, who, you know, um, has different custody agreements with their kids, um, or with their ex about their kids. Um, I feel like, you know, I always ask them like what it is and what that's like. And I really feel like what we had going was the best for us Hmm. going forward. Um, but as far as the stability of life now, um, I really like it. I like to have my stuff out in the living room. I like to, you know, and it's not just that I live in one place for a whole year. Yeah. (laughs) Cause that's the longest I've ever lived in one place. Yeah. Um, but that it's, it's my place. Right. It's my, you know, it's my kitchen. It's my living room. It's my bathroom. It's, you know, I don't, I mean, I share it with my husband and our baby, but there's more of a sense of responsibility, I mm-hmm. think, that comes with that. Hmm. Yeah, so do you feel, I mean, do you feel, other than being an adult now versus being a child then, mm-hmm. do you feel like more of an adult um, or not more of an adult, more responsible now um, because it is your own space? Like, did you, back then, did you feel like you didn't care as much because, well, next week I'm packing up and going back to mom's anyways? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, keeping my room clean felt pointless mm-hmm. um, because it would get torn apart Thursday night and packed up and taken Friday morning. Um, Yeah, like my room was always a disaster, always. Hmm. Laundry everywhere. Um, I think I got bad grades because I just couldn't keep track of my homework. (laughs) Right. You know, I just, I was not organized at all. Um, But I mean... I look around my apartment now and yeah, sure, there are messy days, but usually at the end of the day, I try to, you know, there's not much on the table. Like there's the little plant that's growing on the table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I don't leave dirty dishes out. I don't leave laundry all over my floor anymore. You know, it's, um, there's a lot more pride in having my own space that I stay in (laughs) right yeah i think i think that comes to anybody was that something you had to adjust to when you had your own space or was it like immediately i have my own space now i can take care of something it was pretty automatic um yeah like when i went to school There was one day in particular that my roommate and I had, our room was a huge mess. 
and I think it was right at the end of the semester. Um, we had both just done laundry and it was just this huge mountain of like both of our clothes <laughs> on our floor. But otherwise, other than that one day, um, it was just, it was automatic. Hmm. I always kept my, I mean, my room, um, when I was single in college was spotless. My bed was always made. My clothes were always hung up, you know, and, um, my roommate actually complimented it one time. She was like, your closet looks so cute and organized and your clothes are all color coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> so that felt really good. And so I just kind of kept going. And then, um, and then with that becoming more organized and more clean, do you ever miss like that messy, transient, you know, just kind of roll with it kind of lifestyle? No. Why not? <laughs> I, I do, um, I guess I kind of miss the roll with it thing. Um, like, I like adventure, and I like to be able to just pick up and go. Mm -hmm. um, but I hate coming home to a messy house. I can't. Even if we go away just for one night, I do all the dishes. I do the laundry. You know, everything comes. I come back to a clean house. Right. I can't. I can't come back to crumbs on the floor. Um, that stresses me out. Um, hmm. Yeah. And so what did you like about the moving around, though? Um, a change of pace. Hmm. You know, sometimes you get tired of the same thing. And I think as a kid dealing with the different drama between step-parents and step-siblings and um, the just the different opinions that come with that and um, the disagreements that happen, I think it was, it was nice in the moment to leave because I knew that Friday would come and I would switch gears. But it happened both ways. It, right. You know, each week, usually, especially with as a dramatic teenager, there was something. So um, mm. switching back and forth kind of just gave me a break, I guess. Right. From right. the other drama. Hmm. And then what did you... Um, you mentioned having step-siblings and step-parents. What's something that you've learned from having step-family? So much. Um, <laughs> I think I've learned mostly to be open-minded. Um, there were things that each step-parent taught me that my parents didn't. Hmm. Um, and so I feel like 
you know, not that they were, not that our parents were, um, what's the right word? Not teaching us. Not teaching us, right. Like they were teaching us. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, not that they weren't teaching us, but just that our step parents taught me different things hmm. that I feel like were some of the things were beneficial going into adulthood. Right. And then growing up and moving out, um, what was the worst part about moving out and moving on? Ooh, the worst part <clears throat> was how my siblings reacted. How did we react? <laughs> so, Alex, you were fine, I of think. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't come crying to me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. Um, but Alandra, am I allowed to name drop? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um... When I went on my mission to Italy, um, Alandra didn't write me, and it made me very upset um, because every all my other siblings wrote me, and she didn't. Um, and I would write her occasionally. I didn't want to pester her, so I didn't write her every week, but. I wrote her occasionally, and I wished her happy birthday, and um, she just, like, she didn't even say thank you <laughs> for the happy birthday, and so it really bothered me for the full year and a half. Yeah. I, um, I even, like, talked to some people that I knew on my mission about it, and they suggested just keep writing her, you know, she'll come around. And eventually, at the very end, she did write me a couple times. Um, but I got home, and she just got really, really mad at me. <laughs> she got, she was really mad that I left, and um, I think it was actually very healing for us as sisters. You know, I mean, we fought like sisters. We scratched, we screamed all through childhood. Um, but it was it was very healing for us when I got home and we just had a really good talk about kind of moving on and I didn't abandon her. <laughs> I think she felt like I just left her hanging. Mm -hmm. Um in fact, she didn't even say goodbye to me when I left on my mission. Um, she's like, okay, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had this really healing chat and, you know, our relationship isn't perfect still, but it is a million times better than it was. <laughs> um I really, I consider her a friend now and, you know, we've both really grown up having that separation and I think it's been good. Right. And so what, what do you do now to maintain that relationship? Um, well, because I live in California now, <laughs> well, 
like so far away. Um, to maintain any relationship, it's a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a family group chat, and I just I try to be involved in everyone's lives as much as I can. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, one of the only ones that's so far. I'm the furthest from everyone. And I've missed out on a lot of big milestones in some of our siblings' lives. And it's sad, but thankfully technology can keep us connected and at least in the know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is it is amazing because um, you and I chat regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we as a family generally keep in contact really well. And that wouldn't be possible without technology. Whenever something happens in somebody's life, we all know about it because they share it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is amazing. You know, 100 years ago, you might have been like, well... I'm moving to California. Uh, I'll write you letters. Well, and that's even if the letters could get, get across the border. Right, right. Right. I mean, I'm sure 100 years ago they could have, you yeah. know, but take it back 150, right. 200 years, probably not. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And I, I think we've benefited from that technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me more about, um, about being in California and about like living so far away and what that experience has been like for you. So I actually, I'd like to take it back. Um, we've, Ryan and I have been married for four and a half years and we've lived in four different states. Um, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, and California. And we've liked all the states for different reasons. Um, but right now we're here in California for work, for Ryan's job. Um, and the first year was really hard, (laughs) Kind of, you know, we had to make new friends. Um, rent is really expensive. And so it, there was a lot of adjusting that had to happen. Um, my favorite part about California that is different from any of the other states that we've lived in is the cheap mangoes mm. and cheap avocados. <laughs> We um, definitely got on that trend bandwagon (laughs) because they're just so cheap and fresh here. So we really like that the produce is affordable. Um, Makes us feel a little bit better about eating properly. Right. Um, And restaurants here actually have a lot of healthy options, which we really appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean... I'll still go get a burger every once in a while. But um, just knowing that there's the option to have gluten-free or, you know, even like the plant-based burgers now that are just popping up everywhere. 
um, it's, it's just nice to know that there's that option. Um, adjusting to California was, like I said, kind of difficult. Um, but we're starting to realize that no matter where we are, it's home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can make it home. And it might not be forever. And so we really want to take advantage of living in California while we do um, and travel and see the national parks down here. We'd like to go to the Grand Canyon sometime. Um, And going to the beach, we go to San Diego all the time because we... We just love San Diego. Um, And it would be so much harder to get there if we lived in Idaho. Yeah. (laughs) So we we just take advantage of where we live. Well, we do. So. Right. So what's been one of your, other than San Diego, obviously, what's been one of your favorite places you've seen in California? Um, Honestly... We went up to Fresno <laughs> for, Fresno gets a bad rep, <laughs> but we went up there for a work thing. Um, Ryan had to do something up there, and so I decided to go with him, and we took our baby, and um, the drive there was beautiful. Um, usually driving through Southern California, I just... I've had a really hard time finding the beauty around me while we drive through the kind of spotty desert um, that's just brown, mostly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the sun, on the way back from Fresno, the sun was just hitting the hills perfectly. And we had just gotten a lot of rain that week. And it was, it was amazing. And so I, I took out my phone and I tried to take some pictures as we drove by the fields. Um, Fresno's, I forget what the valley is called, but around Fresno is like really fertile. Hmm. And so they grow actually a ton of food in that valley. Hmm. And so... I just was taking pictures of the fields, and it was absolutely beautiful. Hmm. So one's a little north, because Fresno's north of us, right? Here? Yeah, Fresno, I think, was like four hours. Four hours, eh? North. Hmm. Four hours north-ish, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, And then San Diego's like what two hours an hour and a half yeah it's usually about two hours yeah yeah south south of us yeah yeah um and then so you've enjoyed living here and you're taking advantage of it um if you could if you could move anywhere in the world and and just just for a short time, like not a permanent thing, but just to experience living there, where would you go? 
Definitely Europe. <laughs> We're in Europe. Um, we've actually kind of talked about this. I don't think it's going to happen. But if we move to um, London, could possibly have some job opportunities for Ryan. Some, like, good. He could still do American taxes in, in London. Um, we'd have to be in a bigger city in England mm-hmm. anyway. Um, he doesn't speak another language. And so being in an English-speaking country <laughs> would be ideal. So England's kind of our choice. Yeah. <laughs> our option in Europe. So, yeah, I think we would move to London. And then we would spend the weekends either flying or taking the train. I would I would love to see all of the UK and definitely like the western kind of mediterranean part of Europe mm-hmm. would be like my my f- top priority while we lived there so mm. that we could just see all those places for really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really cool. I had a friend living in Germany last year. And he said they just flew everywhere on the weekends and went to check things out. What is what is it like now not being a sassy teenager, not uh, living at home and going back and forth between homes every week? Um, what's it like being a young mother? It gives me a different perspective, <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, at the moment, <laughs> since baby's only one um I feel like I have a lot of control (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know I there are still days that are totally out of my control and things happen but I can say okay it's nap time and I put her in her crib and I can let her cry if I want or you know Usually she falls asleep pretty quick, Um, but I just kind of feel like I have a lot more control over my life Hmm. at the moment. I know that will change once she starts talking and walking and (laughs) getting into everything. Um, I know that chaos will come back, but I... I welcome it because I think that every stage should be embraced. Hmm. Um, so I don't let I I don't let the infant stage limit me completely. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people will. A lot of people I know will spend the first year, you know, worried about taking their baby out to wherever or, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to do a road trip longer than two hours because we'd have to stop and stuff. But I think that, you know, it doesn't change like the things that I want to do and it's I enjoy it more. Um, I know that she won't remember any of the things that we do. But we took her to Disneyland when she was eight months. And 
I mean, just seeing her face, like when we met Minnie Mouse, even at eight months old, like it was, it was just so fun. And it was, you know, if Ryan and I had just gone by ourselves, sure, we could have ridden all the rides and we wouldn't have had to worry about nap time or her waking up during the fireworks or anything, but we wouldn't have taken the time to meet characters Right. And had, you know, we wouldn't have had that moment where Minnie Mouse played peekaboo with her. Right. And so um, that was special. Mm-hmm. And taking her on her first ride, she went on Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. And it kind of freaked her out. <laughs> but it was just, it was so much more fun with a baby. Like, hmm. you know, she won't remember it. And. Um, she might not even remember it now, but we will. Right. So we don't, we don't like to limit ourselves because, because of nap time. Mm -hmm. We kind of, we just try to schedule around and prepare accordingly so that we can go on road trips or, you know, go to the theme park. Hmm. So obviously we're still careful and consider it and you know we make sure that she's fed and well rested right but it is you know hey we want to go to fresno you're coming along baby right (laughs) right i think that's good i mean i see you guys um interacting as a young family and it's good that you don't limit yourselves um and that you really you know that life carries on, right? And that she's an addition to the family, not uh, a burden to it. Exactly. Uh, so um, kind of going off of that, um, you want to talk about your podcast project that, that you're working on um, and, and how that ties in with not limiting yourself. Yeah. Um... So I've spent the last year kind of, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, um, (laughs) running my life around nap time. (laughs) Um, You know, we have the occasional trip and fun thing planned. Um, But it is, the routine can get, I don't want to say boring, but kind of boring. (laughs) Um, and just being home alone all day, um, can get lonely when you're just with a baby that doesn't talk or really respond to you. Um, and so I've decided to start this podcast and I, I plan to interview moms who do things for themselves during the day too. Um, I have friends who take time to work out for an hour, they get a babysitter or their gym has daycare. Um, and they go and work out for an hour and it feels great. And they've lost all the baby weight. Um, and that's, I think that's a wonderful accomplishment. Um, I know moms who literally have traveled the world with their babies. Um, just recently, one of one of my friends went to Iceland 
with her baby. Mm. And I'm like, good for you. Um, so I just, I don't think motherhood is limiting. I think, um, having babies is, I mean, it's a huge blessing to have, to be able to have children, um, and to raise them. But I don't think it necessarily means that you change completely. Hmm. It changes you, sure, but I still have the same interests. They just need a lot more planning behind them. And so I adjust accordingly. So I look forward to getting to know some of these moms who are just absolutely inspirational. Um who do take time for themselves. And honestly, I think it makes us better moms because, you know, when I get to, when I know that I get to go work out or get my eyebrows waxed, when I know that I get a break for just an hour, it gives me the opportunity to miss my baby and to be excited to see her again. Mm-hmm. And I think that motivates me then to be a better mom hmm. because when I am with her, the time is more precious and valuable. Hmm. I like that. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be an awesome project. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's called, she has a name too. Yep. Um, and yeah, we'll be working more on that project this week together. Um, yeah. And so to kind of lead into the end here, um, you're, you're doing this podcast, um, to, to encourage mothers to, to continue being themselves and being an individual despite, uh, taking on this role. Um, but then also, uh, like what else do you see in your future, near future or distant future? What kind of things do you want to accomplish in your life? You know, I would really, I honestly think that this podcast is just the first step. Um, I really want to be able to help new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of confusion that comes with it. There's a lot of depression and stress, anxiety um, that comes with being a new mom. And it's scary. It really is scary for a lot of women. And I think there's a little bit of identity crisis too that happens um, because you can no longer, you feel trapped. You can no longer do certain things. You can't, you know, you can't just, I mean, you could, but you're exhausted. So you don't necessarily want to stay up all night and Mm -hmm. work on whatever. Um, And so I just, I really would like to be some sort of help to new moms And I would love to see it grow to be a community. 
I would, I'd love to have a community of moms that support each other um, and can share their experiences openly. Um, I think that's the most beautiful thing about being a mom, a, a full-time mom, really. Um, you know, my husband goes to work and he has friends at work, and that's great, but I feel like I have a whole team behind me. Even at the grocery store, I see a fellow mom walking through Target and it's like, yay, we're in this together, you know? And it's it's just na- a natural community mm-hmm. that we have and it gives us an easy connection hmm. to each other. So I would love to see it grow um, to where maybe we could have events um, even if it was just small events, but that we could, you know, sit down and share our experiences together. That'd be awesome. Um, and I think it's awesome. I'll obviously never be a mother, um, but I think it's awesome that you kind of already feel that camaraderie with other women um, who, who have children of their own. Um, so I guess last question, I ask this to pretty much all of my guests, um, and and uh, and the answer the answers vary. But um, I'm wondering, at the end of your life, when you're, you know, 150, because we're gonna live that long. <laughs> when you're 150, looking back at the the whole life that you've lived. What what do you look back on fondly and most proud of? I hope that I can be most proud of the people that my children became and their children. I mean, if I'm living to 150, there might be like five generations. <laughs> um, I hope that I can be proud of them. Um and you know no matter what they do i just i hope that i can look at them and and know that they're happy um and i hope that i have lots of memories traveling and even just you know the simple ones like christmas by the fireplace mm-hmm. or you know a walk in the park um, I, I don't want my most common memories to be staring at a screen. Hmm. Um, yeah, I want to be able to remember the world around me and what that was like. Awesome. Well, Jerrica, uh, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you. For listening, not just to the show, but to the people around you. If there's any way to change the world, it's through intent listening to the people around us. Take some time, even just five minutes, to listen to someone today.